Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. I guess we've got to do this. We've got to recap Indiana and Purdue last night. One of the worst defeats for the Hoosiers by the rival Boilermakers in many, many years. Um, not a good performance last night <clears throat> by Indiana. Not much to take away positive from the game, just to be totally point blank honest. But I think that all of you listening that are Indiana fans probably would agree with that. Uh, but last night, this is according to Jeff Borzello, college basketball analyst with ESPN. Produced 21-point win over Indiana was its largest margin of victory in Bloomington since beating the Hoosiers by 34 points, which was 47-13. That was the score in 1934. That's according to ESPN Stats Info. Uh, Jeff Borzello tweeted that out last night. So, uh, wow, what a defeat. Uh, I think we all knew it was possible heading into that game last night. But you do hold out some hope because Assembly Hall for these games is rocking. Assembly Hall is a special place when it comes to these big-time moments for Indiana. You look back at Kansas this year, you can basically look back every season and find moments where Indiana probably had no business in a game or winning a game, but they did because they were at home in the friendly confines of Assembly Hall. So that makes you think the game's going to be close. That makes you think it's going to be good. That's what keeps everybody thinking Indiana has a chance. And they didn't against a really good Purdue team last night in Bloomington. So a lot to unpack there. We'll do that coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, But Indiana, boy, they are really on the brink and really right now beyond the brink of being uh, anywhere close to an NCAA team. They're not in some of the way early bracketologies that are out. Those will get more serious as we get into the month of uh, February, especially mid-February. But they are... um, they're going to miss. Uh, I, I don't see a path forward unless something <clears throat> extremely, extremely changes for this Indiana team uh, moving forward, and it's got to happen quick for Indiana. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll recap last night's game. Justin Kalen will join me. The producer of this show will kind of recap the bad moments, and there were a lot of them for Indiana last night. Also, a little bit later in the show, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll talk more Indiana-Purdue. We'll look ahead. We'll talk about generally where this team is at right now as far as the NCAA tournament, and they're a clear miss right now, as we've already discussed. So we'll talk about that some with Dustin when he's with us as well. I know there's a lot of interest in 
Tyrese Halliburton because of the season he's had for the Pacers and how they've turned the corner. We'll catch up with Dustin on his health as well. Uh, last time we spoke with Dustin, uh, Halliburton was likely out for two weeks before he would be reevaluated. And obviously, I know a lot of people, especially with Indiana down, are hoping that the Pacers are a locked-in playoff team for this year and can really uh, have a great year. They would be fun to follow uh, as Indiana basketball falters. So uh, we'll discuss that more with Dustin when he's with us a little bit later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, don't forget to check out their lunches. They've got great sandwiches, salads, soups, and more that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you might have. Uh, you might find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Today's one of those days. You can fire off. You can tell us what you thought about last night. You can get your complaints out as long as they're reasonable and fairly respectful. We're not going to trash any coaches. We're not going to trash any players. But you can complain. You can tell us who you thought played well, who you thought didn't, what the problems are with this Indiana team because there are a number of major problems with this team. Um, and that's why they're not in the NCAA tournament picture at this point, And I don't think they will be uh, the rest of the season. First text on the text line today. Uh, texter says, we didn't deserve to win. I can't believe Edie never got a three-second call and only had two fouls. He is just allowed to push people out of the way. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to talk about this in a second. I listened to the game on the radio. I didn't see it. I heard that on the radio. It sounded that way on the radio. I agree with you in general that that's kind of the style of Edie. He does get away with some of that, but uh, we'll talk about that coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, Thornton's text line again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you today. Uh, Thornton stopped by for a, a great 32-ounce fountain drink. Uh, 32 ounces and smaller are 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, make sure you get your uh, thoughts on IU basketball in. All your complaints. Here's your opportunity to vent. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. couple programming notes. High school basketball this weekend. We've got New Albany at Silver Creek. And I'm, I'm kind of excited about that game. I think New Albany... At Silver Creek is a favorite in that game. The Bulldogs have been playing good basketball, but I definitely think it will be a good game. I could see it ultimately going either way. I would peg New Albany the favorite heading into Friday night, but that game will be on 970 a.m. coming up on Friday because we've got a conflict here on 1450. So 970 a.m. streaming at WGTKTheAnswer.com. Again, WGTKTheAnswer.com. And Saturday we'll have Jeffersonville hosting Columbus East. The Red Devils a big favorite in that one. Columbus East just having a very mediocre season at best, but it is a Hoosier Hills Conference game and an opportunity for Coach Wilkerson's team to take a step forward in the conference and the race to maybe a Hoosier Hills Conference championship here. Another text on the Thornton's text line, too many stupid fouls. Yes, absolutely. No question about that. Uh, Justin Kalen, producer with me. Justin, let me tell you my little story from last night. I went all the way over to Billtown Road, uh, supposed to broadcast an Evangel Christian game on one of the other stations in our family of stations. 
got all the way there, pulled in, in plenty of time for the varsity game, parking lots empty. So I missed the Indiana-Purdue game for a broadcast, which I love to broadcast games. It doesn't matter. Obviously, Southern Indiana games are the best where you know the coaches and players and people involved. But, hey, I need all the practice I can get, right? So go to Louisville. Evangel's got a lot of athletes. They're fun to watch. Supposed to take on North Bullet. Somebody forgot to tell the radio guy last night. So, Justin, I've spent three-fourths of the Indiana game either driving to, driving from Evangel Christian, but I got to listen to Don Fisher on the radio on the Big X. So there you go. That's my Purdue IU start of the failure last night. Yeah, sorry that happened to you. That's, That's really unfortunate. But the good news is you did get to hear the radio broadcast, so you didn't while you didn't get to see it, I much more enjoy the radio broadcast a lot of times just listening to Don Fisher. So it's not all bad for you. You know, with streaming, uh, Peacock for the for the uh, basket for the television last night, <clears throat> and obviously a lot of people listen to this show and others. It's not by terrestrial radio as much anymore. It's streaming and so forth. It's really hard to get things synced up. There used to be like a device back in the day you could put the game on, you know, regular television, cable television, and you could slow the radio broadcast down, or it would try to match them up where you could get Don Fisher's call almost exactly with where the ball was at, what that possession was. But with the streaming and stuff nowadays, different delays, different internet connections, different speeds, it's impossible to enjoy Don Fisher and a live current television broadcast that matches up. Yeah, you've got to be pretty savvy to figure out the exact timing. I was able to do it one time earlier this year for, I think it was a Bellarmine game with John Spears on the call, and I had it synced up perfectly. But more times than not, yeah, I... I really struggle getting it synced up, and I know there's websites out there that'll help you do all that and stuff, but yeah, I just I never look into them. All right, Justin, let's get to the meat and potatoes. You got to see it. Um, I got to listen to it. Um, I did get to see the end, and I went back and watched some of the highlights, which basically were all Purdue highlights, but just a disappointing loss, really an embarrassing loss. I know Purdue's really good. I don't think this is a Purdue team it's going to have any slip-ups in the NCAA tournament. I'm not at all saying that I would bet they'll get to the Final Four or win a national championship, but I do think they they are on that level of potential. Uh, I don't see this as a team that gets bounced out by a 16 seed or bounced out in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So they're really good. But that said, this is a rivalry game that means a lot throughout the state. It was a home game for Indiana. The crowd was into it, as you would expect. And you and I yesterday talking about a nine and a half point spread in the game, Purdue the favorite, obviously, uh, you thought it would be closer than that. And mm-hmm. I don't think I admitted this on the air, but I kind of agreed with you. I thought it would be very close to that margin. Ten points would have kind of been where I think I would have set it at as well. Uh, just an embarrassing defeat for Indiana. This one, I think for Indiana fans, just the way it played out and the margin of points really stings. Yeah, no doubt. And and I'm going to say something one time and one time only, and I, it's not something I normally do. I'm, I don't normally call out the officials. And there were other reasons because in that first half that, that allowed Indiana to trail by 22. I think they missed eight or nine wide open shots, according to Coach Woodson. And, and I could think back to a majority of those. But between you and I, Matt, that – 
the officiating in that first half really was frustrating for me because there were two different games being called. There were there were ticky-tack calls being called against Indiana, and then Purdue was getting away with a lot. And I know that sounds kind of like I'm being a crybaby, and I, I don't I don't mean to sound that way. I don't want to hate on the officials, but I mean you've got to call the same game both ways if you're going to call it one way you got to call it the same way for the other team and I was very surprised last night that Indiana was the one getting hosed when they were at home so that really kind of set the tempo for me I think Zach Eady got away with a couple shoulder bumps down low to get himself in good position which that's going to happen I mean Zach Eady gets officiated different than any other player in college basketball so just unfortunate there for Indiana that they kind of ran into that buzzsaw but like I said if they're able to knock down those eight nine 10 open shots that they had in the first half we're not going into halftime with a 22 point margin it's going to be closer to maybe 9 10 11 and then indiana's got a shot in the second half and while in the second half they did make a run a couple different times cut it down to single digits they couldn't get past that point so it really started in that first half for me digging themselves a hole and just hard to fight back out of that when you're playing a team as good as purdue Couple texts I want to squeeze in, Justin. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Color me crimson." But as far as scoring, Indiana held its own in the second half. Maybe that's progress, and maybe they can learn from that. Um, I don't disagree with that comment. Another texter writes in, "It was ugly and hard to watch. You may be lucky you didn't watch." Think <laughs> Xavier may now have a reputation with the referees. Not sure how to get past that. I believe he may now. He, I believe he may now be missing calls he possibly should get. So, uh, thank you guys for the text five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Justin, I want to bring this up. I can't believe we haven't got a text about this yet. Uh, based on last week, or I guess after what was the loss before the um, Minnesota game, but substitutions, um, specifically Kellel Ware and Mackenzie Mbako. Um, Mbako coming off his best game ever as a Hoosier against Minnesota. Kellel Ware obviously has been consistent all season long. Um, Mbako scored Indiana's first seven points to kind of pick up where he left off against Minnesota. And then went to the bench, and um, you know Ware went to the bench with two fouls and um, sat there for a long time. So I get being conservative. Uh, I would coach that way, and the few little things I've coached over the years, I generally agree with that. But there's a point where you become too conservative when it's somebody that is really key, and especially somebody that is really filling it, scoring the first seven points of the game. Uh, Sometimes you've got to roll the dice a little bit or just be a little bit less conservative. Their long benching in the first half was just extremely puzzling to me. Oh, and, and it doomed Indiana, if we're being honest. I mean, Mike Woodson, he came out today and basically said as much that he should have got those guys back in earlier. I don't know if I agreed with the whole Khalil Ware. I, I think he was fine staying on the bench until the second half just because Zach Eadie's so hard to stop as it is. So you, you would hate to risk him picking up his third foul. But yeah, with Mbako, dude was lights out to start the game last night. And and I know he picked up the two fouls, but I think you do have to trot him back out there and chance it when he's one of the very few players that are providing positive things for you offensively. So yeah, I was puzzled by that as well. I would have liked to see him get back in a lot earlier than he 
did in that first half and maybe be able to close that gap a little bit for the Hoosiers. But with both of those guys being out, I mean, that's arguably Indiana's two best players right now is Khalil Ware and Mackenzie Mbako. So you've got to at least have one of them out on the floor. But fortunately, they did have Trey Galloway. I thought he did some nice things in that first half when those guys were out. Tried tried his best to keep Indiana in the game. But, I mean, you, you've got to have at least one of those guys out on the floor at all times. All right, Justin Kalen, producer, joining us to talk IU basketball and the very disappointing result, not just the fact that they got beat, but the way it happened, the way it played out last night. I said in the top of the show, the monologue, the opening to this thing, Indiana's not an NCAA tournament team, and I really felt like coming into the season that they were a tournament team. I thought there was a chance with the talent they had that they could compete for a spot near the top of the Big Ten Conference, uh, but I'm, I'm to the point where I just don't know that I see a path. I just don't know that I see any consistency with some of these guys to think that there's a chance for steady results and that there's a chance for a big turnaround, which is needed to make up a little bit of ground. Where are you at in mid-January? It's January 17th, so we're, what, a day past the halfway point, basically. Where are you at as far as the NCAA tournament? Is it gone? Is there no chance? Are you holding out hope? Do you think Indiana's a bubble team? Where, where do you score them based on your thoughts? I am definitely on team holding out hope still. I just I think there's going to be so many opportunities for wins throughout this season, whether that's at home or on the road. You'll get at Purdue another chance at, at Mackey Arena, whether that goes well or not. Who knows? But, I mean, you, you will have good opportunities to pick up resume-building wins. So, for that reason, I am still holding out hope, but it's getting bleaker by the day. And for me, it starts – at the top, you, we talked about the preseason. Indiana had, could be this really good team. For me, it starts with Xavier Johnson, a sixth-year guy that should be playing much better than he is, and, and we need him to be the leader and the player that we've seen that he could be. And we just we haven't seen that the last three, four games since he's been back from that injury. And maybe the injury's still lingering. I don't know, but Xavier Xavier Johnson has to be better for Indiana if they want to start picking up these big wins. I talked about Cups yesterday. Cups is fine. He's he's a great distributor. He knows what's going on on the floor. But Cups isn't going to be a scorer. Xavier Johnson can be that scorer for Indiana, but we just haven't seen it since he came back from injury. So for me, that's where it starts. If Indiana wants to get to the tournament, they've got to get a better Xavier Johnson moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think he – I said Mbako was the key to the game last night. Oh, and he was. You were right. You it, nailed that. As down as I am about Indiana and NCAA tournament hopes and all that, I think that there's going to be some nights that they upset people, surprise people. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. It's the Big Ten. Indiana's not terrible. They have some bad moments, but they're not terrible. But for Indiana to have any hope at turning this thing around, I think I would say, just like I guessed Mbako is my key last night, I think that Mbako and Xavier Johnson are the keys to the season. Kellel Ware has shown he's going to be very solid. He's upped his draft stock. Uh, Mike Woodson will be able to use him for a recruiting boon, to be honest, because Kellel Ware has found himself. He's going up in the NBA draft stock, and Indiana will take credit for that. But Mbako, I think the, what to watch for, if there's no NCAA tournament possible, in my opinion, 
Uh, and again, this could all change. But Mbako, I think, is going to have some really good moments the rest of the way. I think he's figured it out. He's clicking. We can see it in him. He's got momentum right now. So I think he, but if if there were to be a turnaround, Mbako and Xavier Johnson, Justin, are the two guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. The one thing that Indiana has going for him, and I hate to have this mindset. I absolutely hate to have this mindset. But if they just continue to not perform like we think they should and they do end up missing the tournament maybe that gets some of these guys hungry to want to come back the Khalil Wares, the Malik Renews, the McKenzie Embacos, you know all those prospects that could potentially have their name in the NBA draft this upcoming year perhaps that gets them more hungry like hey we didn't have the amount of success that we thought we were going to have coming to Indiana kind of like the Trace Jackson Davis thing maybe let's run it back let's try this thing again so potentially looking at next year's team it could be beneficial for indiana but yeah they've got to correct the ship now if they want any shot of getting to the tournament justin kalen good stuff indiana disappointing uh Very. thank you justin i want to get to some text and then we'll get to a break here Sounds in just good. a second uh a couple text here uh texture on the thornton's text line in our next purdue game we need to run some offensive sets that pull Edie away from the basket by putting where on the high post, I think Ware's a good shooter and can hit that shot if Edie doesn't come out on him. Also might give Renew some room to work down low. Um, yeah, that sounds fair. Uh, Xavier Johnson needs to grow up or ride the bench. I agree totally. Uh, absolutely agree with both of those. And by the way, speaking about Zach Edie, um, he, he's on his way. I would have to guess, I would bet if this is such a thing in FanDuel that he's going to win another player of the year in college basketball unless something totally changes he is just dominant i know you talk about he pushes people out i get it but he is just he is really good he's almost unstoppable uh, a couple other texts texter says um sparks is very disappointing i figured point 14 points per game last year at ball state was promising but he seems to really struggle fundamentally yeah I, i'm Maybe I'm wrong here. I don't see him, at least this season, helping Indiana in any big way at all. He has been a little bit of a disappointment. I don't remember him much from high school, um, so I kind of missed out on following his recruitment and to know who all was interested as he worked through the high school years at Winchester. I know he was a well-thought-of player in our state, but yeah, it hasn't switched over. His success at the mid-major level hasn't switched over to any success in the Big Ten Conference. And then Texter says, I totally agree on Xavier and Mbako as keys to making a run down the stretch. I could be wrong here. But I have felt good about Mbako all season long, even in the bad moments. Something was just off with him. I don't know what it what it was, basketball, not basketball, but I, I think he's going to be fantastic the rest of the way. I just don't know if Indiana's going to join him in that as far as um, helping him get them to additional wins. He might win a couple himself, um, but I just think Mbako is going to be really good the rest of the way. I could be wrong. Just a feeling I have based on how he's turned it on here and just watching the game. So we'll see how it plays out. Another texture says, Sparks seemed to be playing well last night. Wish he would have gotten more minutes. So there you go. One texture wants Sparks to get more minutes. The other um, is not sure what he brings to Indiana as far as uh, what he's been able to contribute and a disappointment coming over from Ball State after averaging 14 points a game last season. But thank you for the text. Keep them coming. 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk more IU Purdue and other things with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you on your thoughts from last night's game. We've already got many of them today, lots of frustrated people out there. I get it. Uh, If you got any questions for Dustin Dopirak related to Indiana or the Pacers, now's a good time to fire those into us as well. The Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Dustin, Justin and I went through the game in the first segment today. Obviously, lots of uh, bad moments for Indiana. Um, Mbako, I thought, once again, was a shining star for the Hoosiers, and it's going to be interesting to see what the rest of his freshman season looks like. But I'll open up the floor to you. I know your focus is on the Pacers, but you still keep a close eye on IU, and especially the Indiana-Purdue game. But thoughts on the game last night from an IU perspective and uh, then from a Purdue perspective, how good is this team and uh, are they final four national championship good in your opinion? I think that we have to at least put them in the mix for that. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I think it just, it, this one just stood out just the, the, the distance, I, I think right now, just between, uh, you know, the rosters, I, I think, um, you know, obviously just certainly what just stood out was just the, the extent to which, you know, Edie's, Edie's just a force. I mean, it's just really, really difficult to deal with that guy. And when you've got a force like that, um, you know, that it just, it makes everything else so much harder if you're Indiana. I mean, like, hello, where's, you know, probably been, you know, one of their two best players and, you know, he scores five points, gets six rebounds. I mean, it just got overwhelmed and it just, I mean, and, and it wasn't like he was, I, I mean, it didn't strike me as that he was doing something so wrong. It was just, you get, you get overpowered. I mean, I know even talking to Trace Jackson Davis about Edie, it was just like, man, he's just, he's just a wall. Um, he's just such a huge human and there's just, there's just so little you can do. And, you know, I think the last couple of years when Indiana was able to beat him, they were able to really hold everybody else down. But I mean, it, it, it's a rough night, certainly when, uh, you get Lawyer and Jones going, uh, you know, and those guys go, I think, uh, looking at the, the box for now, 7-11 from three, and they, they just hit some big shots. Obviously, Lawyer is a guy who's pretty, who can be inconsistent, but when he's good, he's, he can be really, really good. Uh, you know, Braden Smith was, had, had a really rough shooting night, two of 14, and he still had nine assists. So I think from Indiana's perspective, I mean, I think it's just, it, it is, it's a tough one because, you know, you're obviously, I mean, it's your rival. You get beat bad. I mean, I think I saw that it's the worst since like 1934 or something like that in terms of margin of defeat at Assembly Hall. Um, but it's, I mean, you almost had to look at this game as one you were going to lose. I mean, Purdue's just that much better than you. Uh, it's, it's Again, it's brutal because it's a rival. You, you desperately need a big quality win, and it, it would have gone a long way for them as far as net ranking and everything else. Um, but, man, they just got some stuff that you just don't have. Um, and so I think that was difficult. Deal. I mean, certainly, I thought you know, Mbako had some great moments. I thought that's kind of the one guy they really had an advantage with. I thought Trey Galloway just did a really good job of bringing them back up um, early in the second half, getting some shots. You know, kind of waking them up and getting them back in the game for a little while. But there's just you know, again, too much firepower, just too much Zach Eady for Purdue. And, and and on you know, to, to go back to your point, I mean, certainly they are they are Final Four good. Uh, I think. I mean, the the big issue for me is that they can defend the perimeter now, and that's that's really I think the the biggest thing that they didn't have. Again, I. I I really think Lance Jones is a big piece 
of of where they can go. Um, I, you know, certainly, you know, Lawyer and Smith are, are, are good scoring guards. Uh, you know, Smith usually better than he was last night in terms of putting the ball in the bucket. Needy, again, just is a massive human. But, you know, they've got to be able to play faster. They've got to be able to deal with guys, you know, just better guards. But I think Jones puts them in a position to maybe do that um, and, and have a better opportunity. So and I think it's it was just a case of, you know, Purdue is just that much further ahead of Indiana right now. I think Purdue is definitely, you know, will you know, belongs in the top five, you know, all year. And it's obviously a case of, are, are they going to get it done in the tournament or are they going to have another slip up? Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't think Indiana played a horrible game last night. I think it was just a really a case of playing a much, much better team. Dustin Nopirak, Indianapolis star with us here on this Wednesday program. I just got an outstanding uh, message. This wasn't on the Thornton's text line, but just a personal friend said, Matt, listening to the show today, I'm really not that disappointed in our overall record, talking about Indiana's record, uh, but more so how Indiana has lost some of these games. Uh, That is a good point, because when you look at it, um, Indiana's record is still decent. Even their conference record, they're much better than a a good handful of other teams in the Big Ten Conference. So, you know, overall, I know they haven't played the the most tremendous non-conference schedule. They did have a, a few challenges for sure, but the record is not the problem. It's how some of this has happened, even in wins, but definitely in losses. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's just a case of when they've got opportunities. I mean, they didn't have, again, to your point, they didn't have a terrible schedule. They beat everybody they were supposed to beat, but when they lost to the teams that they were, you know, arguably supposed to lose to, they really, really lost. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going through it. I mean, you lose by, you know, 20 to Connecticut. Um, you know, where where are we at here? Uh, by, you know, almost 30 to, uh, 30 to Auburn, you know, a close one at Kansas to still lose that. Um, but that's, I think, the difficult piece is you, you, you miss out on these opportunities in the non-conference that, you know, you, you win the games you're supposed to lose, but you, you know, you're supposed to win, but you really lose the ones you're supposed to lose. Um, you just haven't, even if you've scheduled opportunities to get some big ones, you just haven't gotten any of them. And so um, they don't really have one that stands out. I mean, certainly I think if they, they can get themselves in good shape, but they have to start winning, you know, some of these. They got, I think, two. Um, these upcoming games against Wisconsin and Illinois are really big. Um, you know, Wisconsin just got beat by Penn State last night, so I mean, you got to look at that one as gettable. You got to look at Illinois as gettable. Um, you know, certainly without Terrence Shannon, you got to claim, you got to find a way to get uh, those games if you're going to get back into this thing because you know you're going to run out of opportunities pretty fast. I mean, you have to look down the line and say, you know, Purdue probably not a, a team that you're going to be able to beat at Mackey. Um, and so there's not a whole lot of really good wins even left on their schedule. There's a few, you know, there's a few pretty good ones, but they've really got to do, you know, really well here. They can't afford too many slip-ups after this. Um, you know, certainly, again, like you you could look at this team and say, okay, well, there's a reason why they're not necessarily going to beat the Purdue's of the world. Um, but they've got to beat the Wisconsin's and Illinois. They've got to get some wins that stand out because, again, the, you know, where they are in that ranking, you know, uh, it, it's just really important that they get a win that stands out on Selection Sunday. Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star, we're talking Indiana basketball and the uh, loss, the bad loss to Purdue last night. I think depending on how this team does the rest of the way, um, if they were to work themselves into a bubble team, that could be one of the things that hurts them is their overall resume, lack of wins against um, good programs, good teams. That that goes back to the non-conference season 
where they missed out on some opportunities, especially that Kansas game at home uh, and even in conference play when they've so far taken on some of the better Big Ten teams, the more highly ranked teams, they've, they've come up short. So maybe they can get back into the discussion for the NCAA tournament, but you're right. Resumes, even in mid-January, are important, and Indiana really lacks a key victory as far as um, over a big-time, high-major, high-ranked opponent. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I mean, they're going to, and they're going to get some Big Ten wins, but it's just that you know, they need somebody that's at the top of the table. <laughs> you know, they need to get somebody that is a sure thing. Uh, you know, uh, a sure thing tournament team. Um, not even a sure thing tournament team, but it, it is you know a top four seed. I mean, you you want to get wins like that, and and that's how they've gotten in, you know, in, in recent years. I mean, I think they had some really big ones, um, you know, when they got in in, um, you know, 2022, you know, for instance, or was it, yeah, I think it was 2022, for instance. I'm, I mean, I'm getting my, all my years mixed up. Um, but, you know, like the, the first year under Woodson, I, I think they just had a lot of, uh, they didn't have necessarily a great season all around, but, I mean, they had some big wins um, that really stood out. Getting wins at Purdue has been a big deal, um, and that's put them in a good position. And then, you know, they, they just don't have one of those right now. And so they've got to get them starting. You know, Wisconsin, not even a, a great one. I mean, I think they're, I'm looking at net rating, I think they're 80th. Um, but they, or no, I'm wrong about that. I'm looking at the wrong Warren, Warren Nolan uh, net rankings. So, you know, they, they just need to get some important wins to get them fast. And that's, I think, the really important thing for them. Dustin Dopirak, Indianapolis star. All right, a couple other things to bring up here. First, uh, IU women. I know that you're trying to keep up with everything, and the Pacers beat is obviously more than a full-time gig, but uh, a disappointing loss for the IU women Saturday at Iowa. Not just the loss, but the way it happened. They, too, were really manhandled, I thought, by the Iowa team. Caitlin Clark was fantastic, just hitting big shot after big shot. Uh, So the IU women's team, though, this season, as the men have faded a bit, the popularity there seems to really be continuing to grow. And you wonder Terry Moore and what she's doing, putting all these, I guess you could say stacking all these great years back to back. Now they're going to really have an opportunity over the rest of this winter, I think to shine uh, as the men maybe fade a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they already are. Uh, I mean, they're, they're having a great year and, and Terry really, really has it rolling, uh, you know, without question. I mean, I haven't had a chance to watch them a whole ton, but, um, you know, obviously, yeah, it's it's, it's rough to lose to, to Iowa, but you are playing a really, really phenomenal player in Caitlin Clark. Uh, that you know, there's a and, and there's a pretty good chance you're going to have Caitlin Clark in Indianapolis next year. You know, if, if she decides to go pro, um, but it, it, it certainly helped that, that they've been able to keep a lot of core players together. Obviously, keeping Mackenzie Holmes around for as long as they have has been really, really helpful. Um, and you know, but just just putting pieces around her, doing a good job of, of getting players in the transfer portal, keeping some other players that have developed. Um, you know, she's just really done a good job of keeping it rolling. Um, again, even even as some of I think the core members of what was you know the, of their greatest teams have finally moved on. You know, Grace Berger or some of those players. Uh, you know, keeping Mahomes around has really helped, and you know, turning that into getting Sydney Parrish, Yarden Garza. I mean, really gotten some really good players to kind of keep the thing going. Um, so she's she's done phenomenal work, and I think even um, I think you know what last year who was the who was the loss they had early? I think it was Stanford. Everybody was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they got beat by Stanford by 31. Everyone's thinking, well, I mean, maybe they're not that good. Maybe they're going to fade off. And they just kept winning after that. I mean, that, I think last night was the first time they've won um, since um, – it's the first time they've lost, you know, since that game. So, I mean, they, they've really done a good job of, of getting it going after a, a loss that kind of told you maybe they faded off. They, they really have not. So, it's you know, again, just continued great work by Terry Moore. All right, Dustin Dopier, good stuff, Indianapolis star. Tyrese Halliburton, 
for the Pacers. I know last time we talked, he was going to be out two weeks with further evaluation. He's been unbelievable this season, been a lot of fun. I know people may be uh, more interested down our way in the Pacers than they have been for some time. But uh, what what's the latest with him and his health and his potential return? Yeah, I mean, it seems like from what I can tell that he's coming along pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously, just we're, we're out on this road trip in Sacramento today. Um, and he's been, you know, just seeing him around. I mean, he, he's supposed to not get evaluated until after this road trip. Uh, so I'm presuming that's still, you know, the case uh, that, that basically it would, that one way or another, he was just never going to play on this trip. But, I mean, it, based on just how I'm seeing moving around, I mean, my guess would be that he, it's not going to be a whole lot longer after. Um, you know, after this road trip's over, so I mean, he looks like he's doing all right. Um, in, in pretty good spirits. I was joking around with, you know, talking with him about, uh, you know, NFL playoffs. Uh, he's a big Packers fan, but he's also a big Brock Purdy fan, so he's pretty conflicted this week. Um, you know, about about that game on Saturday night. But uh, but I mean, like I, said, I, I think he seems to be doing good. They're hanging in okay without him. Obviously, had a rough one on Monday uh, where they were also missing Bruce Brown and Aaron Neesmith. I mean, they've been competitive against Denver the night before. But missing those two guys really put them in a bind against Lori Market, and then they just didn't have an answer, so they got blown out there. Um, but they get they get the Kings uh, tomorrow night, and um, you know, I think if they can get it, they they, they got to get at least one more on this trip. I think to keep it together um, and just to get back to normal by the time he comes back. Um, they've defended better. I think it's been really important uh, for the most part with the exception of Monday night, which, again, they didn't have two of the best defenders. So, um, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. Obviously, the most important thing for them is just to stay with that kind of second-tier pack that also includes Cleveland, the Knicks, um, the Heat, and the Magic. As long as they're with those guys and they don't fall back to that kind of Brooklyn, Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta tier, then they're in good shape. And, and so they're they're hanging in there so far. Um, and so, you know, again, looking at getting Halliburton back, I think there is I think there is a good chance that, that he's back when they get back to Indianapolis. Dustin uh, Thornton's text line texter says, are the Pacers going to make any trades before the deadline? Any thoughts on that? I mean, uh, there was certainly a big uh, rumor of one last night that came out. You know, uh, I, I think there's sometimes a lot of people are concerned when, when a, a, a deal idea gets public. Um, before it happens, because sometimes that's kind of the death knell for it. But last night, Sham Sharania uh, and uh, Sam Amick of the Athletic reported that um, that there's that they're in talks for the deal that would acquire Pascal Siakam and would deal Bruce Brown some salary filler, which you know could be anything. Certainly could be any any number of a couple players and three first round picks um, for Siakam. Obviously, Siakam kind of fits what they need. Um, generally, he's a big wing, and they really, you know, you know, a guy that can defend and score. You know, they need a second option, um, a, a true sort of clear second option behind Halliburton, or a, or a guy that's kind of a, you know, maybe a focus for him to get the ball to. Um, and they also need somebody that can really defend, you know, multiple positions in those big, you know, power forwards, the LeBron Jameses of the world, the Giannis, you know, the Giannis's, the, you know, Laurie Markkinen, the, you know, uh, Paolo Banqueros, guys like that. They've really been carved up by those type of players. And they could, Guy like Pascal. On the flip side, though, I mean, he's got his um, you know contract expires at the end of this year. He obviously wants a big deal, um, and uh, he has said that he's not going to resign with anybody that he gets traded to. Um, that being said, the Pacers, you know, kind of really believe themselves as a free agent destination because of how fun of a style of basketball they play, and they kind of believe that hey, if you get into Indiana and you get you know figured out what it's like to play with Halliburton, if he's feeding you shots. Um, and why would you want to leave? You know, you get a chance to really get paid. You know, so the Pacers have an opportunity to give him a lot of money in a free agent deal next year. Um, so, I mean, obviously, tightens their cap situation a lot if they would have he, him and 
Halliburton together, but that's kind of what you got to be if you're going to be a you know a title contending team. At the end of the day, you're going to have to have a couple big salaries you know on the books. Um, so it, it it makes sense for them to kind of push this. I think it's a little weird as far as their timetable is concerned to add a guy who's 29. Um, going to be 30 in the not too distant future when they've built on a lot of teams around 23, 24. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how they go. Certainly again, the fact that it's public now is a little bit, uh, you know, makes you worry. I think if you're a Pacers fan, that's not really going to get done. Um, but, um, you know, certainly they're, they're at least in it, it, you know, I, I get all indications and have for a while that, that they've been interested in that, whether it actually happens or not. Um, not really sure. And, and, and so if they don't get him, I don't know who plan B is. Um, you know, I don't think there's anybody obvious on the market at this point, um, uh, that makes sense for them to pursue. Um, I presume marketing is no longer on the market because of how well Utah's playing. I mean, they're becoming a playoff team. I think you got to keep that group together. Um, so it, I, I don't know who else it makes sense for them to pursue. There's not kind of an, even an obvious, you know, defense only power forward out there that they could really, you know, which is something they could really use, but there's not really anybody that they kind of fits that mold from what I see. That's really, like, it seems to be heading toward the market. All right, good stuff. Dustin Dopirak, IU, Purdue, uh, Pacers, IU women. We covered a lot of ground. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, we will head to a commercial break. First, let me hit a couple texts here real quick. Uh, Texter says, 11 players on Purdue's roster are from the state of Indiana. That is interesting and really no surprise. Also, another texter I didn't see this game, but I appreciate this uh, texter on the Thornton's text line. If you watch the Northwestern and Minnesota games that Purdue lost, both teams tried to keep Edie from turning his left shoulder and forced him to turn right where he is much less effective. I think we need to duplicate that as much as possible. I didn't see either of those Purdue losses, and it's amazing to me that this Purdue team lost to Minnesota. That is just absolutely amazing to me, but that is college basketball and the life of a Big Ten Conference team. So anything is possible. I think that is a great example of it. But, yes, Purdue, it's really hard to believe they lost to both Northwestern and Minnesota. I think I did see the end of the Northwestern game. It was a while back. Definitely did not see the Minnesota game. But very interesting point. Um you're astute. That's that's a good point. Uh, I'll watch for that when I see Purdue play next time. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with more to wrap up our Wednesday show, to talk more IU, to get into a couple local things here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program, a short uh, segment to wrap things up here on our Wednesday program. Again, Friday we have New Albany Silver Creek on 970 AM. WGTKTheAnswer.com is where that streams. Saturday we have Jeffersonville Columbus East on WXVW right here, the Big X. So uh, we'll be out of both of those games this weekend. And uh, something to let you know that the winter is rolling. Um, bas- excuse me, basketball season is rolling. The state tournament 
preparing show for girls basketball is this Sunday, January 21st, 5 o'clock. We'll carry it here on the Big X, 1450 96.1, and streaming at BigXSportsRadio.com. So unbelievable that we are talking about the postseason for girls' basketball, their regular season's beginning to wrap up. I know that the Jeff New Albany girls' game has been moved again. It's going to be Friday night, I believe, at New Albany is where that game will take place. Uh, But we are heading into the sectional for girls' basketball here in just a couple weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, I think, is what we are away from that. That is hard to believe. But when the girls' state tournament gets here, and sectionals get here, I guess it's the first weekend in February. The games start the last few days of this month, uh, and the sectionals are, what, third and the Saturday the 3rd, I think, is the championships. Uh, that kind of marks the start of uh, craziness when it comes to basketball. We go from the girls' state tournament to the boys' state tournament to the NCAA tournament. Of course, conference tournaments are before that. So whether Indiana's in the picture or not, It's going to be a lot of fun to follow, and we'll cover it all every day here on the show. Also, I did see an article from CBS Sports that came out uh, yesterday, maybe, that uh, Tom Izzo has told people he is not going to retire uh, in 2024. Um, He said when he does, he'll probably do it like Nick Saban, kind of a undercover thing where there's no retirement tour or no uh, predetermined announcement or anything like that. Uh, and I saw a report, if I can find it, that Derek Queen is uh, set to announce soon uh, in less than three weeks, according to ESPN uh, recruiting uh, analyst Paul Biancardi. He said that he is targeting a date of around February 1st. Uh, he said that, or the thought is, Indiana seems to be as in good of a position for Queen at this point as anybody. Maryland, Houston, Kansas also still involved um, at different levels. But a lot of people think Indiana is still right there with Queen and has an opportunity to uh, to get him. So we'll see. But uh, keep the February 1st date in mind for maybe a uh, Derek Queen announcement for sure. Have a great Wednesday. Stay warm. Very, very cold out there. Uh, I think there's a chance a little bit over the next couple of days for some snow, I think I saw. So hoping that doesn't mess up any of our sports uh, and so forth. But when it is so cold, you add snow to the mix, uh, things can change rapidly. You think you're going to get a little dusting, and it can be something much more than that just because of the, the cold temperature. So be safe. We'll be back Thursday. We have Alex Bozich with us on Thursday. Also, Steve Kerberg joins us to talk high school basketball. Sharon Wilkerson is Friday, in addition to some of our regular Friday guests like Colin Dedenrip. So we've got a busy rest of the week to wrap things up here on the show. If you miss us live, find us as a podcast. And again, have a great Wednesday, a great hump day. We'll be back Thursday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.